0: Every goofball deserves somebody to love, wouldn't you agree, you callous-hearted son-of-a-bitch? Garfield had John, right? Sometimes he'd stuff him in a mailbox with his big floppy feet sticking out and say something like, Is it dinner time yet? <laughs> that always cracked me up. Charlie Brown had Snoopy. Snoopy didn't say shit, but, um, you know, I think he said it with his emotions. You know, he was a loyal little fucker. And Calvin had Hobbes, you know? Remember Calvin. Young Hellraiser. His parents were, like, on the verge of divorce. (laughs) And they were, like, miserable and shit. And then, like, you know, at night, Calvin would, like, you know, go on these little misadventures with this stuffed animal that, you know, it's never quite sure if Calvin was, like, schizophrenic or if Hobbes really did exist. I don't know. Anyways, even he had somebody, right? Well, I had Norris. He was a majestic young tree frog, shamrock green to the eye and lubed to the touch. He had the most beautiful croak, a mating ritual, as I was told. A frog prince in his own right, a princess would do well, stealing herself to his charms, lest she be returned to kingdom, broken-hearted, with salmonella poisoning. (laughs) He was no doubt the toast of the Virginian watermelon patches, where he was reared as a tadpole. Some of my fondest memories with him are of smoking marijuana and listening to John Denver on my iTunes. I'd stare into his sable, knowing eyes, and I'd feel something. If only for a short while, I would like you all to have the pleasure of knowing him, as I undoubtedly have. Well... The summer of 2013 found me on bended knee. Having been shit out of the college waste pipe, i had been playing every hell gig imaginable and working every petty menial job type imaginable for close to a decade. It was time to cast off the chains that bind and say fuck you to the man once and for all. Thus began my junket into the enchanting world of temporary employment. But before my ass was struck on the way out the door, I had a final sentence to serve. Yo son has done made you proud, mama. For I had become a dockmaster. For those of you unfamiliar with the slave realm, basically I unloaded grocery trucks in a drunken blackout. And as I previously alluded, I had tendered my resignation, for the job was wretched, and my coworkers? Absolute fucking morons. Couldn't trust the dummies. During my final days at this dream job, I received a rather urgent shipment of watermelons fresh off the vine from Richmond, Virginia. Ah, for fuck's sakes. I muttered to myself while lumping the melons off of the truck. It was three minutes till quitting time, and I'm an alcoholic. Yep. It was coming from the watermelon bin closer to the bin, peeking in with caution. Peering up at me through the darkness was a teeny pair of determined little eyes. A tiny roar let out like the crack from a tiny whip as a green blur sprayed forth like buckshot. I screamed unabashedly, sailing ass over tea kettle. If God were coming for me, let it be swift and merciful. I leapt to my feet, squaring up against the wall, as I thought Jackie Chan might do, if he were a pussy. That's when I first saw him, perched on a box of Oreo cookies. Adorable but defiant. Norris the Frog. Of course I didn't know him as Norris at that time. Nor did he introduce himself as such. After a brief courting period, mainly being the wild goose chase that ensued, I emerged as the victor, he being detained in an old sandwich bag. You keeping that frog? A co-worker asked. I don't know, for some reason he's from the hills. After all the heavy lifting was done, I wasn't sure what to do next. You know, I, I thought about donating him to science. That was quickly ruled out as memories of grade 10 biology played upon me. Yeah, I'm going to keep him. Uh Cool. You should name him Chuck Norris. Uh I wasn't sure what prompted this suggestion from my co-worker, but there was something in it. Norris. With my future in one hand and a frog in the other, I left that godforsaken job that day. I went down to the local pet store for supplies, as I'd never raised an amphibian of my own before. The girls at the shop were more than helpful. They pinned him down to the counter to inspect his groin, thus informing me that he was, in fact, a he. (laughs) They set me up with all the necessary accoutrements, wood chips, water dish, lounging rocks, and a pretty glass terrarium. They briefed me on the basic care instructions for tree frogs, I in turn regaled them with my heroics, playing up my role as savior to the poor creature. At the hands of a maniacal boss who would stop at nothing but to cast him into the garbage compressor. Ha, 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 ha,
1: ha. Oh, my God. And you with
0: that, that, Norris had his new home. Oh, Jonathan, you're so brave. Like any single father, I faced my challenges. I wasn't entirely sure of his age, but he must have been in his terrible twos because I couldn't get him to eat a damn thing. And when I finally did, he scared the hell out of me. The pet store ladies suggested crickets as a main entree. Sadistically, I'll admit this, I was to place them in the freezer, the crickets. This would slow down their motor functions. When I released them into the terrarium, they'd bumble around in a stupor, making it easier for Norris to, um, you know, kill them finish them off with a menacing chomp. Oh, the humanity. We soon became friends. Lovers. not just joking. We were just friends. We became friends. I'd dote over him in the mornings before work, changing his water, or sending a cricket off to meet its doom. Norse would be up at these wee hours to greet me, which always felt good. He'd keep me company when I was soused at one o'clock in the morning, or soused at one o'clock in the afternoon. He never judged. I'd come home, a dismal shell of a man, having dug a ditch for an eight hour stretch, or sweated it out, sweated it out, sweated it out, at some gruesome comedy night. You know, some asshole in the crowd. Oh, did you say sweating or sweated it? Shut the fuck up, I'm telling a joke here, for God's sakes. As always, Norris was there, He was the only one who really knew my Song of Sorrow. Life as a temporary worker sucked. Life as an unemployed actor slash comedian sucked. Then there was my alcoholism. November 2016, I got sober. Hallelujah, I'm a bum, hallelujah bum again. The change in my life was profound. It was around this time that I I first noticed the spots. Norris was developing an eye infection. He couldn't see. I tossed him down a cricket to no avail. He couldn't find them. I got a pair of tweezers so that I could dangle the crickets in front of him, trying to aid him along. This only seemed to frighten him. He'd cower with his head down and his tiny fingers clasped behind his head. I switched to feeding him mealworms, as they were slower and easier for him to catch. This seemed to work, however the change in his diet had its effects. Norris became weak and thin, not at all like the frog he once was. Meanwhile, I was trying several eye medications on him at the suggestion of the pet store girls, Finally, one seemed to take, and there was a marked improvement in Norris. His eyes were clearing up, and his movements were strong and pronounced. Hoping to get him back to his original fighting weight, I switched him back to the cricket-fed diet. It was crickets, all right. Forgive the pun. It proved to be too much for his little digestion system. On the morning of March 17th, 2017, St. Patrick's Day, I found Norris in his water dish. He was only three and three-quarter years old. As an avid watcher of such programs as My Favorite Murder, which I guess I listened to, and 48 Hours, I knew he was deceased from natural causes pending further investigation. I let out a startled groan, looking away in pain. I breathed heavy for a few minutes, gathering my nerve. I fished him out of his water dish, wrapped him in paper towel, and placed the remains in an old Christmas cookie tin. I set the tin on the table, lit it incense, and said a silent prayer. Next, I exited my apartment, locked the door walked several steps down the hallway, then burst into tears. Returning home from work that day, I stared at the cookie tin in heavy silence. After some time, I threw paper towel, lighter fluid, and a book of matches into a shopping bag. I picked up the cookie tin, gently, and headed for the ravine. I don't know if you've ever hosted a loved one's cremation by moonlight. But it's pretty spooky, as a guideline. With a few final hacks at the underbrush, with my machete, I came upon a clearing. All's well that ends well, I said, grasping for the faintest of silver lining. I opened the tin, the finality of the situation washing over me. Seeing his little body wrapped in takeout napkins, I gathered some twigs and whatever else was handy. The plan being to cremate him in the cookie tin, kind of like a hibachi. I applied the ingredients, murmured a final prayer, then lit the match. Things were cooking along. My spirit was starting to come to terms with the whole ordeal when I noticed, not too far away, off on a nearby hill, a pair of flickering... Flickering? Flickering lights. It was two tween-age boys filming the sacred passage on their cell phones and laughing at my earnest tears. You little fucking idiots! <laughs> Have you no respect for the dead? I hollered. Only furthering their amusement in my grief, I snuffed out the flames and made a hasty retreat. When it comes to cremation, it's really the thought that counts, I reassured myself, dumping the half-charred remains off of an overpass. There is something poetic about returning a frog to water, for this overpass was above the Don River, which empties into the Lake Ontario which connects with the St. Lawrence River, which drains into the Atlantic Ocean and beyond. I don't particularly like dogs. In fact, the thought of booting one in the face brings joy to my heart at the sight of an overly enthusiastic dog walker.
1: Oh, woof, woof, woof,
0: aren't you fucking adorable? (laughs) Fucking morons. But I do love frogs and one special little one in particular. He really held me down during an uncertain time period in my life. I love you, Norris. I hope you're being a good boy up there in that great pond in the sky.